0: Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. The most trusted voice in professional wrestling. Look at this. More than four decades behind the mic. Plain and simple. With unrivaled success in broadcasting. From ringside to the boardroom.
1: To the New York Times bestsellers list. What an
0: impact. Keen
1: insight with a sharp tongue. And
0: if they're smart,
1: they'll listen. Westwood One Podcast Network presents... The Jim Ross Report. With WWE Hall of Famer, Jim Ross. And now, the man himself, good old JR.
0: Indeed, hello again everybody and welcome for some slobber knocker audio. I've got it ready for you. It's hot off the grill. I am good old JR, Jim Ross. Thank you very much for spending some time with us. I appreciate you subscribing to our little uh, talk fest that that comes out every Wednesday. Here on the mighty... Westwood one though. Uh, you can subscribe, as you know, at Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, uh, tune in stitcher or however you listen to your Sovereign knocker audio. However you do it is your prerogative. You don't need to share that, but we appreciate the fact that you're sharing our show with your buddies. Appreciate you leaving us a five star review as well. Uh, wherever you subscribe for free, uh, on today's show, uh, Man, there's a lot of WWE stuff to talk about with it being the uh, Royal Rumble weekend. So uh, we'll talk about that and the, the two go-home shows on Monday and Tuesday. Arguably the go-home shows, meaning the the last airing of Raw and SmackDown prior to uh, a pay-per-view on the Sunday, like this week, they're go-homes for Royal Rumble. Uh, are Arguably the most important shows that a promoter TV producer does, uh, in, in the sports entertainment world. So how did they fare in my eyes? How well did they do? And did it, they do well enough to sell, uh, in that 40,000 ticket range that I've heard bandied about as the goal for that event outdoors, uh, at the home of the diamondbacks there in, in, uh, in Arizona. Uh, we're also going to talk to us two sports star. Uh, one of my favorite recruits back in the day, he, he, he was getting in just as I was uh, being phased out. I didn't know, I, was, I didn't know for sure I was being phased out, but I was being phased out. But I got, uh, Jake Hager, a tryout through John Laurinaitis, who, my, who, uh, I was, he was my uh, predecessor in talent relations. Uh, and, uh, so he started out, I think it, uh, what was it? Southern. We'll talk about where he started. Uh, I think it was uh, Deep South. I know he was an OVW for a while too. He was a, a very honored amateur at Oklahoma University. He was a three-time All-American there. Heck, he won the. He was the WWE champion, and he's been the. He won the Money in the Bank. You know, he won U.S. Championship, ECW, ECW, ECW. So uh, he's been around, but he makes his MMA debut uh, this Saturday night. Uh, on uh, for Bellator, and that's going to be on uh, Paramount Network. We'll talk about that. So uh, Jack Swagger, Jake Hager, whatever you call him, he's a bad dude, and he's going to step in the octagon or the cage on uh, Saturday night for the very first time as a professional. We'll talk to him momentarily. Uh, but first, ladies and gentlemen, you know that I have plenty of, I've got plenty, and I've got to share it. Here's what's on my mind. As I mentioned, a big weekend in Arizona for WWE. A lot of the eyes of the pro wrestling world will be turned to uh, that lovely state. Always interesting to see how an event does, sounds, feels outdoors under the stars. And uh, I think that's what we're going to get uh, there in, uh, in Phoenix. I don't think that's a dome. I think it's a regular stadium. So uh, outdoors is an issue sometimes. Noise, acoustics, etc. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to how it looks, how it sounds as well. But uh, the go-home shows this week promoting that whole weekend, and it is a big weekend for WWE. They've got a, a scaled-down uh, access, which should be a lot of fun for the fans, especially the kids to so be able to meet and greet a lot of their favorites. That's a cool thing that WWE still does that a lot of major sports and entertainment entities do not. Uh, which I applaud them for. And then they have the NXT TakeOver show on Saturday night. I haven't heard a lot about that show as far as the buzz. I know who's on it. Uh, I know it's a real good card, and some of the matches will be, uh, I'm thinking, uh, spectacular at worst. But uh, I just haven't heard the online buzz that we normally do this close to a NXT TakeOver because they're all great. Are we at a point now where we're taking those things like uh, the great presentations of NXT takeovers for granted? Maybe. Maybe. It's a challenging audience that these guys are dealing with because many of us have short attention spans. Many of us want new. Many of us think we know more about how to do uh, the business of pro wrestling than do those that are doing it for a living. Just saying. Just saying. Uh, Monday not on Raw, I thought the highlight of the show was a Martin Luther King video. Now somebody's going to take that as a knock knocking raw. You're going to say what you want to say anyway. I, I, can't, I can't dissuade you from expressing yourself as erroneous and foolish as it might sound. But the MLK video uh, on Monday was uh, just an amazing piece of uh, production, in my view. Truly excellent. Uh, those type things... When I was active in WWE, uh, always made me the proudest. Things like, uh, you know, JBL's idea to do tribute to the troops, the charity works that uh, the company did with Make a Wish and many, many others. Those are the great days when you find yourself at work surrounded by uh, volunteers and, and the kids and things of that nature. It's heartwarming. So I, I appreciate the work that uh, WWE production people did there at 120 Hamilton Avenue uh, producing a great video that if you haven't seen it, you should watch it. Uh, and it's something that's shareable for sure. At least that's my, my take on that. Uh, what did I, I, what do I, what else do I remember on Monday night raw? Well, uh, I thought Finn Balor had, had a strong night, you know, uh, they're trying to get him hot before he gets Brock Lesnar, obviously this Sunday. So, uh, The only thing, I think that there's, I think we all as fans and sometimes as promoters put too much stock in uh, a a loss. Uh, What if Finn Balor had upset uh, Braun Strowman on Monday Night Raw? And I can give you probably 50 legitimate ways that could have been facilitated. It's called uh, booking. My point was, Does a single loss to Braun Strowman in this scenario really uh, allow him, his ship, to take on too much water? I don't think so. So my point was, if you're going to get Finn Balor truly ready for Brock Lesnar, where the fans truly believe that there's a a long shot that uh, Finn can defeat the beast and become the universal champion – then why wouldn't you have battle go over on Monday night? Except, well, we don't want to beat Braum. Why? Is he that fragile, I thought he was mobile and hostile. <laughs> so I, I, I have a difference of, of philosophy or opinion on, on some of that stuff. My point, I guess, I heard this in Leroy McGurk back in the 70s. Uh, he told a guy on the phone who was trying to come into territory. The guy said, what are you going to do with me? And Leroy said, well, we'll see how it works out. But, you know, we, we, need, we need top guys. And this guy says, well, you know, I, I, uh, I have a, I have a problem losing It was on a speaker phone. One of the f- first speaker phones I ever saw in my life, early seventies. It looked like a space station object. It was a massive thing. And it uh, wasn't cool and slick like now, you know? So, uh, the guy says, I, I have a problem losing Leroy and Leroy says, well. If you have a problem losing, I may have a problem with you winning. And they, they agreed to disagree on philosophies, uh, and uh, and they never they, the guy was not booked. So my point, I guess, you, Bill Watts used to also say when you get to a town, you should have a way to win, a way to lose, and a way to return. That's how it was worked in the territory days. You have a way to lose, you have a way to, to win, and you have a way to work a return, whether you're going up or you're going down. So that's my take on the Ballard thing. Uh, you know, he's, he's a long shot at best, obviously, to beat uh, uh, Lesnar. But you never know. You never know. That's what makes it fun, right? I don't want to see some spoilers. I don't want to know what somebody knows. So you gotta, there's a lot of leaks in creative, it seems like. I read stuff online that actually t- t- turns out to be true that I read hours before, or days sometimes, before the actual event. And maybe that's on purpose. I don't know. It's almost too frequent to not be somewhat uh, facilitated or, I guess, better put, just nobody cares. Seemingly. Hell, I don't know. Uh, I liked the Ronda Rousey promo. I know some didn't. I did. Uh, It felt real. It felt credible. I didn't feel like she was BSing me. I didn't feel like she was reciting uh, uh, some writer's lines. There's a big issue right now. It's a hot button now. The trend is moving towards fans being more, and maybe sometimes even more oversensitive than they need to be on promos. Scripted promos are not good. They're just not good unless uh, the personality, the talent has the innate ability to take someone else's copy and organically make it theirs. That can be done. It has been done, but it's not done enough. And those that, uh, aren't able to pull it off, expose this ugly side of the business that we are all living in right now, that everything's got to be overproduced seemingly. And, uh, there's not enough individuality in these characters, which used to make them bigger than life. You can't erase individuality from creative and pro wrestling. It will not survive. It will not survive. We love these characters. We've always loved them. There was somebody, something, some match, some, some pay-per-view, some, something that, that brought us to the dance. And when you cut that cord of the, of the emotional investment and people become robotic and, and the ones that going to get over are the ones that are going to be able to memorize the best because they'll be able to get more reps People like to write for people that can read their lines word for word. It's called insecurity, in other words, too. But I thought Rousey was passionate. Uh, She was pissed off, and I felt it being real. Uh, She made her issue with uh, uh, Sasha very personal. And I can promise you, uh, in today's world especially, I believe that personal issues have more credence than title matches a real hotly contested deep-rooted personal issue has much more ch- much more chance of, of becoming a strong play at the box office or the television ratings or whatever than not titles are basically tepid which brings me to bobby lashley's intercontinental title i'm glad bobby's getting an opportunity i hope that uh leo rush is uh, can be a little more serious at times. I like his uh, entertainment, but I don't like it all the time. Uh, but the Intercontinental title is tepid at best. So hopefully Bobby Lashley, the great athlete that he is, will be able to resurrect uh, the inter- Intercontinental title and add credibility to it. For the house show business, which has been somewhat soft untold, uh, you need the titles to all mean something. So that when they're advertised, and you see the titles on the line in your town, it has some some, some uh, validity. In other words, it makes you want to go buy a damn ticket. So, but uh, well, that's my case, my, my point on all these titles. Uh, Alexa Bliss back. She's got cleared apparently from her concussion issues to compete in the Royal Rumble. She's always a, a breath of fresh air, great personality, a great look. She's a big timer if she can stay healthy and you're going to say that about everybody that has more than one or two injuries because they take on that. Unfortunately, that personality trait, can he or she stay healthy? I thought Smackdown live was a a solid show. Enjoyed it Uh, primarily because the front part was loaded with Becky Lynch and Oscar a cameo by Charlotte, who's much better as a heel, in my opinion, than she is as a babyface, which is not to say, for all the you that are burning your fingers up on your little keyboards right now, that uh, I think she's not a good babyface. She is a six foot one or two, uh, beautiful, athletic, with a great name, babyface. In a defiant society where people are having trouble sometimes making ends meet, and she was allegedly born of opulence and affluency. She's, she, she, her character could be very easy to be positioned as a villain. Uh, and remember now; it's it's fiction here. Don't get don't get carried away. So I liked uh, Charlotte uh, as a villain if that's what she was. I think that's where she was headed. Uh, I liked uh, the fact that Becky Lynch and Oscar had that amazing start to the show. Uh, Becky's over. Duh. Hey Jr. in his podcast said Becky was over. He's really lost touch, hasn't he? The old bastard. The hat. It's the same guy with the hat, right? Oh yeah, it's him. <laughs> uh, she's over and Oscar's over. I like Oscar. I've always liked Oscar. I thought the one of the bigger booking mistakes of the year was the last year coming out of WrestleMania to have Oscar so hot and she got that one loss, albeit to Charlotte, at WrestleMania. Uh, and then she basically was a, uh, kind of a taking out of the pecking order. Never understood that logic. And maybe it wasn't done on purpose and maybe she was hurt. Hell, I don't know. But when you get them that high and that hot, you don't want them to put all that work to go to, to waste. You got them over, even though they lost a match. Are you kidding me? You can't keep them over or get them back over. Of course you can. So, uh, I like the SmackDown women had a very strong role on the show, as they, as they always do. Uh, I thought that uh, Naomi would have had more of a brawl uh, after somebody tries to seduce her man. So I, I thought that might have been, uh, that would have been something I would have probably tweaked in hindsight, booking-wise. I love Daniel Bryan's promo. Daniel Bryan's a deranged, uh, dangerous little guy. I mean, he he is uh, he has the look of uh, somebody that you just that needs to stay in the mountains and the in the hills of Washington or, or Oregon or someplace. Uh, he he fits this, this this unhinged role beautifully. He's found his niche in my view, and uh, so and I'm thinking that his match with AJ on uh, on Sunday will be a will be a, uh, a sovereign knocker level match, big time. So I, that was what I thought about SmackDown. Good, solid show. Uh, the highlight, wrestling-wise, obviously it was a two-out-three-fall match with Ray and uh, andrade. Uh, didn't bother me. They didn't have a finish because it led to something that made sense, with a run-in by Joe and him letting everybody out, and then Randy Orton out of nowhere, RK out of nowhere. I wonder who said that first, or does it matter? Nah. Uh, But I I thought the show went off the air very creatively and very dynamically. So bravo to all involved in that process. So the Royal Rumble, you know, I'm not going to go through this thing and print winners for all these matches in Royal Rumble. It's like, uh, you know, I don't know. It's it's futile. I think it's going to be a long-ass show. I think where where your draw is and who you precede and who you follow, et cetera, et cetera, has a lot to do with how your matches are going to be perceived uh i hope that the talents have a lot of uh in, input on what they do uh and there's a lot of a lot of stuff what title match do you covet the most i'm looking at my sheet here i've got one two three four five six title matches so which of the six are you most wanting to see so maybe that's a good thing Maybe it's like having a big buffet And, you know, I know somebody's going to make a food joke right there under their breath. Well, JR should know a lot about buffets. (laughs) He do. He do. So, uh, good show. And I saw online this week uh, also where uh, the uh, pre-show. Now, Lawler said he was going to do the men's rumble. I thought he said with Cole and JBL. That may have changed. Things do change there, believe it or not. Uh, But the pre-game show uh, includes – Talents like the coach, Booker T, uh, who's a – by the way, his Houston wrestling promotion is doing real well, Reality of Wrestling. Check it out, R-O-W, the book. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler signed a new two-year deal, so he's going to be there. Beth Phoenix, the wife of uh, Edge, Hedge, as Pat Patterson would say, Hedge. Uh, Shawn Michaels, David Otunga, all these the different pairings and uh, different uh, groupings. Uh, So the pregame show is going to be huge. I guess, damn it, I should have checked my mailbox. Surely I got an invite, right? (laughs) But in any event, I'll be watching every moment of it. The great thing about watching wrestling at home is I can take a pee break when I need one. And I know where the pause button is. On the television, not on my anatomy. At my age, there ain't no pause button. When a guy got to go, you got to go. I talked about NXT Takeover. There's some really outstanding book matches. I think you know Champa, Alister Black. Uh, curious as how uh, Shayna Baszler and Bianca Belair does. Uh, curious. Uh, could be really really good if it's not overbooked. Don't overthink it. Ricochet uh, defending the North American title against Johnny Gargano. There's no reason that the Champa Black-Ricochet-Gargano uh, match should not be phenomenal. The Undisputed Era, defending against the War Raiders, the tag titles, I don't know as much about the War Raiders as I should. I know the Undisputed Era are money. So, uh, But these guys always rise to the occasion. They get the first out of the first at bat. So uh, they've got that audience, and they've got the TV audience. They can influence people's thoughts. Uh, you know, they're – they're in a good spot, and Maro Ranello's the played by play guy on that show. I like listen to Maro; he's a good guy, and he's a he's a, a very talented broadcaster. With that question, so uh, but I wonder, like I said earlier, where's the buzz of the show? Where's he? Where's the social media buzz for NXT? Uh, that should be there because this is really. I, I guarantee you, next week when we talk, when I talk about this show next week, I bet you i want to say that three of the matches that NXT take over were absolutely outstanding. And I might be undershooting that a little bit, but I can guarantee you three of the three of the matches booked that I'm aware of will be slobber knocker level matches, big time, big time. I saw or WWE has got a new agreement with the the number one cap company in the world, New Era, good get for them, great uh, licensing and marketing opportunity, and the great thing is that they have great artists. They have great they, their cats look amazing. I've had some OU uh, Oklahoma University caps new era over the years here there and yon but their stuff is great. New era makes great stuff so congratulations on that get. I bet their uh, WrestleMania cap will be a hot seller big time. Uh I saw where Aiden English is going to be added to the 205 live uh broadcast team. We uh congratulate him. He's going to be working with Vic Joseph and Nigel McGuinness through WrestleMania, I am told, per WW. So uh, we wish those those that trio of chats chaps good luck and uh hopefully they'll uh find their calling, right? Why not? So uh but my same question about this show I, I always have. Who's gonna watch it? I can't remember. And, and it, they need a they need a pulse two oh five meaning they, pronoun boy. God damn it, don't talk about pronouns. Uh, two Oh five live needs to have a pulse on SmackDown or raw. Just give me something. Just let me, just give me a sample of what I'm missing and do it regularly. That's my thought on that deal until you do. Uh, it's just going to be another show. And that's unfortunate because they got really, really talented dudes. Uh, I, I didn't watch, uh, Extensively, the USC uh, Brooklyn one hundred and forty-three. Kind of the same reason that I was talking earlier about NXT not having a buzz. I didn't think that show had a buzz to it, and I know they're debuting on ESPN, and all that good stuff. Uh, the greatest thing about that show, uh, they didn't they they were they were lucky they didn't show too many empty seats because there are a lot of them there uh, in Barclays Center. Uh, but the good news was that Paige Van Zant returned from injury. Uh, to win a submission victory, she's just a, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I'll, I'll repost a picture sometime on Twitter at JRSBBQ of Derek Stevens who owns the 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 D Hotel and Casino in Vegas, among other properties. And I going to uh, meeting her in the at the elevator at the Thomas and Mac not Thomas and Mac a uh, T-Mobile Center in Vegas. Uh, she was going up to a suite to watch the fights as we were. And, uh, just so congenial professional, I predict that Paige Van Zant will be the next big star from MMA, uh, to WWE when she's ready. She has the look, she has the athletic ability, she has a speaking ability, she's articulate, intelligent, and, uh, I'm a big, big fan of Paige Van Zant and what she represents, uh, in her, in her genre. I think she can be just as uh, efficient, just as proficient in wwe or in pro wrestling in general uh, as she is in the usc so i'm not i'm not the i had a problem i don't know what the hell it was maybe it was me I'm, i haven't figured out uh espn three i really haven't i hate to expose my ignorance but i don't get it nonetheless uh we'll keep our eye on the usc a little bit closer in 2019 i'm a big fan i'm a big fan of mma matter of fact, this week's guest, Jake Hager from Perry, Oklahoma. I told him I first met him, I said, no matter how good you get, no matter how tough you think you are, you'll never be more than number two toughest guy ever from your hometown because Danny Hodge is from Perry, Oklahoma. Ain't nobody going to beat him. So uh, that's going to be on the Paramount Network uh, on Saturday night. Uh, we'll talk to Jake about that fight here in a few minutes. I'm, I'm really excited for him. I can't wait to watch it. Hope you will, too. A uh, congratulations to uh, New York Yankees uh, closer, former closer, Mariano Rivera, who's the going to the Baseball Hall of Fame uh, as a first-ever unanimous induction. Some people are bitching about that because he's a specialty player. He wasn't a starting pitcher. He was a relief pitcher. I think that is a cop-out. It's weak. As my granny would say, it's weaker than cat urine. He's the greatest closer in the history of baseball. I'm sure he didn't create the position of closer, although he perfected it. So, for those of you baseball purists and critics uh, getting all upset about the fact that Mariano was not an everyday player, get over yourself. Lighten up, Francis. I found this on my sheet today for the show Oscar nominations for the 91st Annual Academy Awards scheduled for february 24th i bet i get my invitation for that about the same time my invitation to be on the panel for the royal rumble i'm just being a turd uh sorry turd behavior now eliminated because i'd rather fight a man than make love to a woman get back in wrestling mode uh stars born that was a hell of a movie by the way it's about the third rendition of that film, I think. I haven't seen Vice, but I want to very, very badly. I heard it was really good. Christian Bale as uh, Vice President. Dick Cheney. Boy, he just looks like an evil guy. Bohemian Rhapsody. I love that. Well, I, That's my favorite movie of the year. Uh, Rami Malek played Freddie Mercury in a Hauntingly Well. So... Uh, I, I, this always stimulates me to go to more movies. I'll let the Academy decide what's good and what wasn't. And what I'll just say, decide about being good is they're all who's, who's nominated. If you're nominated for an Academy Award, I'm more likely to go see your, your film. Just saying. Uh, I do want to go see uh, The Rock and his rendition of the uh, Page family. I think that's going to be great. I'll definitely see that. Or no matter where it's rated personal story good story and uh i always support the great one man i always support your boys like coach switcher telling me just the other day when you recruit them jr you recruit them for life that's why i look at it uh i want to thank you guys for joining uh, us uh at amazon you know you're still hitting our book sales of the book are good and i'm really blessed so a lot of people are just getting around to it believe it or not so you know, a slobber knocker of my life in wrestling is at Amazon. You can get it on e- e- uh, eBooks. Uh, the audio book uh, is very popular. And I read the audio book, uh, hardest thing I ever did production wise or the hardcover still out there. And Paul O'Brien, and I are feverishly working right along on uh, book number two. And uh, it's, it's going to be really, really good because it covers some amazing moments in my career. That only I would know how I was thinking then and, and what it meant and all kinds of things. I think you're going to be very uh, uh, entertained and informed when you read this thing. It's heavy. It's heavy. Really heavy. Uh, speaking of Slavonocker, my book, <laughs> our book, uh, you, there's some sign that are residing right now at Kenny McIntosh's house in the U.K. You can uh, They're signed, autographed. Uh, same difference on, uh, uh, limited quality quantities remain. I'm told then there was that many of them. So there's not many of them left, but if you want one of these signed books, uh, check with the uh, inside the ropes, uh, dot, uh, co dot UK, inside the dot uh, for Kenny Macintosh. Can you just see Kenny promoting like the queen thing at, uh, that the Queen uh, footage is so now so po- popular stadium footage. I can see I can see Kenny and Freddie Mercury working very closely together. The kindred spirits, the creative sorts. Uh, we got some. Uh, we're getting some fe- good feedback on our products from uh, Ingalls Markets in the southeastern part of the USA. They carry JR's barbecue sauce, ketchup, mustard. And uh, we appreciate you, Venice, on that. And take a little snapshot, tweet it to me, at JRSBBQ. I'd appreciate that. Of course, WWShop.com has been selling our products for a long, long time. Uh, And we appreciate their support and your business, WWShop.com. And by the way, uh, on Friday, uh, my buddies, Ryan Barkin and his his team at Pro Wrestling Tees, one-hour tees, if you will, they're starting a big uh, flash sale uh, on Friday at noon central and, uh, big discounts on uh, t-shirts store wide, including good old Jr stuff. So I'll try to remind you of that again, before we leave, I'm, I'm excited. And I'm going to be dressing warmly. I promise you, I'm going to Milwaukee, I uh, arrive on Friday night about midnight and to Milwaukee. Yes. I know it's going to be chilly and I'm going to be the guest of the Milwaukee Admirals minor league hockey club. Their salute to pro wrestling day is this Saturday. This Saturday afternoon, I'll be in Milwaukee uh, with the great Hall of Famer Gail Kim, uh, Jeff Jarrett, uh, the great Al Snow, uh, and myself. I feel like a pair of brown shoes that a former wedding with that group. So uh, we're, we're going to be signing there uh, from 1215 uh, to about 1 o'clock, I'm told. Uh, the game is at 1. Tickets are at Ticketmaster.com. Should be a lot of fun. Love to see all the wrestling fans that we can. Uh, Join us on Saturday in Milwaukee uh, as we work with the uh, uh, Milwaukee Admirals in their salute to Pro Wrestling Day. Should be a lot of fun, without question. Pictures, selfies, autographs, all that good stuff. So uh, join us if you can. We appreciate you, and look forward to seeing you there in Milwaukee this Saturday afternoon. Uh, Just got this in. Uh, uh, Raphael Morphy is on the job. Rafael's ubiquitous. I think he's in Las Vegas this week doing something with uh, uh, somebody. He's doing something out there. Uh, but I got a confirmation that we're going to be a part of the Great Lakes Comic Convention on Friday, February 22 and Saturday, February 23rd in Warren, Michigan. That's in the Detroit area. Uh, the Macomb Community College Convention Expo Center. That is a damn mouthful. Uh, the details are at greatlakescomicconvention.com. So I'll be making an appearance two days at the uh, comic convention. We're going to be bringing uh, barbecue sauce and books and all kinds of swag to to uh, to, to bring you there. At our table. So uh, and we're doing more of these uh, comic cons this year than I have ever done. And by the way, if you're interested in me doing a comic con, uh, you can you can either tweet me at jrsbbq or you can tweet you can tweet Raphael Morphy. Raphael's uh, Twitter handle is at rmorphynyc. morphe NYC at r-m-o-r-f-n-y-c. at m-o-r-f-n-y-c. I I read where if you did it three times you can remember it so but let Raphael or me know if you're doing a con comic con need some guests I'm uh, I'm available I like doing them it's a great way to meet the fans too and' not a harried fan push and shove and we've got to get you the line and you can't say more than three words to the people paying big money to get your autograph I hate that uh Rafael is speaking of Raphael. he's hard at work uh, getting getting everything done for Wrestlemania week I'll be at the Gotham Comedy Club on Saturday April the 6th and uh that's going to be an afternoon show by the way and then uh, on Monday night after Raw uh, about a midnight show uh Conrad Thompson, Bruce Pritchard, and myself are going to have a triple team this, uh, the whole damn weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm sure there'll be some beer drinking, some partying, and it's going to start at midnight, so you can figure out the rest of the math. We'll have tickets for not only our event at the Gotham Comedy Club, but uh, also uh, our big uh, post-Money Not Raw soiree at the Murmur Theater in Brooklyn, which is less than a mile from the Barclay Center. And we'll have ticket information on all this stuff uh, very, very soon. I'm predicting ticket information will be available next week. So uh, check that out. But just mark us down. Love to see you come, come to visit us. And we got 700 seats to sell for that Monday night show. And we think we will because all that, that full house from Raw are just a few minute. I mean, literally a few-minute walk uh, down to the, to, the, to the facility, to the venue. 732 seats. Baby needs new shoes. Let's go. Also, on WrestleMania weekend, Sunday morning, I'll be with uh, the dudes from Two Man Power Trip. You can find them on Twitter there, at Two Man Power Trip. they got a podcast, as you all know, a good one. Uh, They'll be at the Midlands Convention on Sunday, uh, April 7th, on WrestleMania Sunday morning. Uh, I'll be at the Midlands Plaza Hotel with a bunch of other dudes. More information on that coming up soon. I told you about the Steel City Con in Monroeville, Pennsylvania. God, I'm getting busy again, aren't I? Uh, so that's going to be uh, on in April uh, the 12th through the 14th. That's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday in April, uh, in Monroeville. And for more information, just get uh, go to steelcitycon.com for info. Uh, golly, uh, I do these things, I, when I write them all down, they, they seem like they're hardly nothing. And I, I start writing these appearances down, I think, Jesus Christ, I'm busy as hell. Uh, uh in April in Vegas. April 29th through May 1, for Alley Club, annual soiree. It's always fun. You should go if you're a fan. You should go. If you're a fan, why aren't you going? Las Vegas, 29th through May 1st. CAC. And then I'll be at the Dan Gable Museum in Waterloo, Iowa, at the Tragus Thez Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame induction, uh, July 25th through twenty seven. Uh, and you can follow them at Wrestling Museum on Twitter, for all the information for this event. Another one that if you're a wrestling fan and you haven't attended it, then uh, shame on you. Looking around the wrestling horn, kids, uh, Ring of Honor on the road this week. Uh, getting ready for the G1 Supercard in Madison Square Garden. Uh, they're going to be in, they're in Texas this weekend, I see. So, but you can always get the information for where they are, who's on the card, what's shaking, tickets, everything at rohwrestling.com. Give them your support. Uh, as a part of their national series, Engraved on a Nation, TSN Canada announced that there will air a new Kenny Omega documentary called Omega Man, A Wrestling Love Story. It's going to debut on Wednesday, March 27th at 7.30 p.m. Uh, and you can check with www.tsn.ca engraved for additional details. One last time, <laughs> www.tsn.ca slash engraved for more information. Uh, I saw the elite cats were in, the had two independent wrestling appearances last week. Uh, thought that was pretty cool. Bar city wrestling, uh, in LA. And then, uh, I think the young bucks were in Seattle. It's called grassroots marketing. It's called staying connected to your target demographic. It is marketing done the old-fashioned way with shoe leather and effort. So bravo, gents. Uh speaking of those guys, uh apparently select hot topic retail shops, about 140 of them, will be testing some new all-elite wrestling t-shirts. And they say if all goes well, Rollout will be national. So, uh, a full list of the stores currently pinned uh, to the 1RT's Twitter feed. If you're wondering where you can get these shirts and at what uh, hot topics they're available, 1RT's Twitter feed. Uh, very pleased with the feedback we got last week talking to Tessa Blanchard and to David McLean on uh, the debut last week, the debut of Wow uh, Women of Wrestling. Uh, it's on episode number two starts is is this Friday night on Access TV. Check it out. Really a good match. Uh, Ambrose Neal against uh, Tessa Blanchard is on deck, and uh, two very talented women that uh, probably haven't got their due. But in opportunities like this, is where you can make can make your case for whatever it may be next. And if this is next, then you're cool. If you want more and you want to get better and you want to make more money, then every match is like an audition. And quite frankly, if more wrestlers had that motivation and that mindset, all all of us fans would get a better product on the air. When you find yourself uh, relaxing in your comfort zone, you are one step away from the ICU, and that ain't cool. So check out uh, Amber O'Neill and Tessa Blanchard on Friday night on Access TV, uh, eight seven central, I believe is the starting time. And uh, I thought it was interesting. Uh, I had some, I've had interesting talks with some guys at different different places in the last few weeks about two thousand nineteen, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but I found it interesting that some of these people are very interested in uh, televising the XFL. Not with me now, so I'm not going to get that started because I'm not a. I'm, my football broadcasting days, I'm sure, uh, in the eyes of most, are over. And I can understand that. Don't agree with it, but I can understand it. But uh, I don't think that the XFL is going to have a challenging uh, uh, challenge, a huge challenge ahead of them getting uh, a decent uh, a network partner, broadcast partner. Don't know who it's going to be, but. You know, you obviously got to think that, you know, NBC Universal's got to have some interest because they got the rights to Raw. Why would they want to continue to build? Build, build. They got the relationship. Or ESPN is a football network that has no football in the spring. And then you got Fox, who, by the way, is partners with SmackDown Live brand. So I don't see them having any issues getting a great clearance for their football when it starts in a year or so. I said the same thing about, uh, uh, AEW, uh, all elite wrestling. They're not going to have a problem getting a TV deal done. It's not the insurmountable task that many purport it to be. It's expensive to do all the due diligence and get everything done. all put all your pieces in place, but it's certainly not, uh, impossible. So I think there's good news for all those cases. You know, I want AEW to do well like I want every wrestling promotion to do well. Why wouldn't I? I've devoted the largest part of my life to pro wrestling. Why would I not want to see it continue to grow? And those that are in it uh, have the same opportunities and the same uh, uh, experiences in a positive way that I have. It's a good way of living your life, in my view. So uh, a lot of interesting business things going on. We'll keep our eye on that stuff without, without a doubt. Uh, I haven't forgot, producer Ted reminded me of the, of the football. You know, last week was a, a great weekend of NFL football, considering that both games went over, were overtime games. Uh, and I was wrong on both my picks. I went with the home team on both games. I do do the bed. I sold the sheets. wasn't good. Not only did I sew the sheets, I wallowed in it. It's hideous. So I'll have my pick next week for the Super Bowl game against the spread. You'll get it right here next week, but uh, and maybe I'll break my streak. 0 and two on this uh, uh, on the last weekend was uh, oh, I don't want to tell you how heartbreaking it was. It's like the heartbreak of psoriasis, <laughs> the itch. So uh, anyway, we'll talk about football next week, but right now, folks, uh, that's around the horn. Man, we got a lot of stuff in today, didn't we? And that's what's on my mind. It's time once again, ladies and gentlemen, for the vaunted slobber knocker of the week award. An award that certainly is truly restaurant quality. Uh, Nominees include uh, Greg Zerline. He's the guy that hit that 57 yard field goal to lift the visiting L.A. Rams over the New Orleans Saints. To wipe more egg on my face. But they won their first NFC championship since 1999. You know, when I think about the Rams. Always got a wrestling tie into something. And uh, I'm always uh, – I always remember uh, Leon White, a.k.a. Big Van Vader, played for the Rams for a while and uh, was on – I think he played in the Super Bowl. Unless he was injured, I'm not sure. But anyway, I, the old school Rams remind me of Leon. In a good way. So uh, this cat hits a fifty-seven yarder. Uh, That's that's big time, man. You talk about being puckered. So uh, and now the uh, the the Rams uh, the Rams opened at a point and a half favorite. I'll be damned. So there you go. Uh, Sean McVay's team opened as a one point five favorite in Super Bowl fifty three. So it is fifty-three. Uh, that's next Sunday, February third, on CBS. But hell of a kick with this dude, fifty-seven yards, OT. New England Patriots certainly got to be nominated. They were not my wife Jan's favorite team because they had they gave so much misery to her Steelers over the years. But you got to give the devil his due. Tom Brady got the ball back with two minutes to go in the game. needing to score a touchdown to win. That's what he did. Case closed, Ernie Ladd would say. Case closed. Uh, And uh, I was going to ask Mr. Barnett what he thought of Tom Brady. I think he's wonderful. He's a beautiful man. And I've heard he's got big feet. I know what that means. Big socks. Uh, But the Kraft family, man, you talk about living a charmed life. This uh, Belichick-Brady era, you you got the greatest baby face, at least for his team, in Tom Brady, the quarterback, arguably the greatest quarterback in the history of football. If you just look at results, and, and why wouldn't we look at results? But Belichick's like the booker. Brady's his top baby face. And they've kept kept their act fresh. They've come up with different challenges and things, different mountains to climb. A new set of heels, if you will. So uh, bravo to them. They got it rolling. You got to have much longer? I don't know. I even heard that they might draft Kyler Murray. Boy, that would be a change of pace. From the Statue of Liberty looking Tom Brady. As pretty as he is, oh my God, he's beautiful. To uh, to Kyler Murray, so you go from a guy that runs a runs a, a five six forty to a guy that runs a four three forty. You do the math on that one. Uh, I thought that Tony Romo had his best career day because he studied the tape more than any other analyst. He tapped in to what was going on with the uh, play calling, which tells me that he got great inside information from somebody in the uh, Patriots camp. And it might have been Tom Brady. Stranger things have happened. It's not like it's a crime. Uh, But I thought that Romo did a phenomenal job in surveying the field, looking at down in distance, and he prepared seemingly to me to broadcast this game no different than if he were playing in it. He knew the tendencies of the defense. He knew what the, what they liked to do on this hash mark, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He was uncanny, almost too uncanny. So, uh, and the good news is, we'll see if he can put two in a row together because you're only as good as your last game. As he and Jim Nance, you know, I used to do a thing here on the show where you know Jim Nance is smoking a doob at uh, Avian Corner to Masters. That's oh, the tiger, at the tiger at the ninth hole. Jim Nance smoking a doobie at the Masters. Uh, of course, it's all in fun. Come on. So uh, but the good news is Romo and Nance will get a chance to do it again at the Super Bowl. Good stuff. Uh, I'm wondering, though, if if knowing what was coming and how if, if Tony Romo knew the plays that were coming, are you saying that the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs didn't know wasn't aware. If that's the case, is that what got that guy fired? Because the defensive coordinator of the Chiefs got canned. Didn't Bernie Daylight and did they? Uh, I don't even put this in here. Either Ted or Raphael are torturing me with Golden State Warriors information. Uh, but it is pretty cool that Clay Thompson hit uh, 10 three-pointers in a row last week against the Lakers can't go that saying that that's pretty smart that's pretty cool pretty cool uh i thought sean payton should be nominated for stop of the week because he carried himself like a real pro after one of the worst non-calls in the nfl history it was so absurd i keep waiting for another shoe to drop that, oh i didn't know that oh so that's the deal nope human error by everybody there in the booth everywhere and the system broke down and it it screwed the Saints hey I'm not telling you the this that uh, the Rams are gonna win no matter what I don't know all I know is that call uh, cost the Saints in all reality at least in my take from going to the Super Bowl and that's not good when the officials uh, had that much leverage not good at all I feel bad for the Saints fans and a, and a 40-year-old quarterback who probably don't get that many more chances in uh, Drew Brees. Drew Brees! I like those old ESPN commercials. But this week's Slob Rock of the Week goes to the prettiest woman nominated. I mentioned her earlier, Paige Van Zant. Yeah! Uh, found her to be a true sweetheart. A nice young lady. The only thing she's done lately that, is, that slightly has broken my heart is she's gotten married. Uh, so one of my uh, ridiculous fantasies, is now off the table. <laughs> she's, a, she's a beauty, and I think she'll do great in WWE someday. I really do. Uh, but she came back after suffering a brutal broken arm, other injuries, kept fighting, to come back fighting and fighting and fighting, sometimes in obscurity, training, off the grid. And she came back in a very triumphant way, uh, submitting her adversary uh, Saturday night in a women's flyweight match at USC Brooklyn 143. So, for her efforts, for never-say-die attitude, this week's Slavernocker of the Week goes to the lovely, the talented Paige Van Zandt.
1: No pet raccoons are overdosing here. Ten more. Oh, son of a
0: bitch! Before we get to the vaunted, illustrious, can't get enough of it, Pet Coon Goofy Award for this week, uh, remember that uh, knocker My Life in Wrestling, is still available at Amazon.com. Hardcover... Uh, e- ebooks and the audiobook. Amazon.com. Have it to your house, have it in your hands in a, in a matter of days. It'll be there almost before you know it. So check that out. We appreciate your support on that deal. And I think you're going to love Slobber Knocker 2. That's not the title. It, it could be, I guess. But I don't know what the title is going to be. But a working title is Slobber 2. But if you've got any ideas for uh, titles or, or anything, it's always in this show. Uh, all you got to do is email us at jimroshfort at, Jim at gmail How easy is that? This week's Petcoon Goofy Award is a little bit competitive, and ironically, the NFL is causing their own competition. They'd never want to do that from a marketing perspective, but they are doing it here on my on this award. Uh, but starting out with uh, on the Petcoon Goofy Award nominees, Adrian Broner, he's a boxer. He's an immature boxer, and his post-match interview with Showtime reporter Jim Gray was classless, uh, embarrassing. He was condescending. He seemed to be paranoid, and he even inferred he could beat Jim Gray up in a fight. Wow. This is after Gr- Jim Gray doing his job questioned uh, Adrian about being 3-3-1 three, three and one in his last seven matches. Logical question. So I, I, I thought that was a very poor uh, exercise in maximizing one's minutes because Adrian Broner could have had a different story to tell. You're three, three, and one in your last seven, pal. Bitching and moaning and whining like you're a pig under a gate ain't the way to go about this business. The guys that make up the NFL scheduling. Now, here's, here's what I – somebody's always taken up these dudes. Here's the thing. You got a stadium in New Orleans that's got a roof on it. It's called a dome. There's no reason that the dome shouldn't have been your the game in the dome should have been the night game. So that the cold weather game outdoors in Kansas City could have been earlier in the day, not only under daylight, but when it was going to be its warmest and it needed you needed some warmth in Kansas City on Sunday. Weather-wise. But nope, that was not what happened. We had freezing weather and the it made it tough to tailgate and all these things, and of course, all well, they're used to it in Kansas City. Oh, hell, come on, come on! It'd been very easy to flip that switch. You had all week to get ready for it. You had all the you had all the time you needed to to amend the starting time. I thought that was very unfan friendly by the NFL. I think that going forward, they should. Make sure that they have in their plans that we can change a kickoff time if it's, if it's going to better facilitate the game for the fans and the players. That's just my take on that deal. Uh, the other uh, NFL nominee for Petcoon Goofy Award obviously goes to the officiating. Uh, you know, I, I we've all heard comments from everybody in the world. You know, politicians. Hell, the governor of Louisiana even said. Heartbreaking loss for the Saints today, but at least the rest can't take away the Mardi Gras. Oh, yawn. Uh, the fish shading was not good, but here's what I said. If you listen to the show for any length of time, our, our original incarnation of the, this podcast and current issues after being a football official on the college level and high school level for 20 seasons, uh, the pool of talent is becoming very, very shallow to recruit officials. Uh, it would be like, uh, the Indies not being existent in wrestling. Where are you going to find your next guys? Or where, where how do I get everybody to the performance center? How, how do we train? How do we, how do, how do we make this work? So because, uh, millennials don't want to work for the kind of money that high school and junior high officials get paid, and accept the grief and the assuance and the heartache and the personal personal challenges that it is. It's not an easy job. It's largely thankless. You're not going to make a lot of money. So you, uh, some of you, are, I've already talked out of why I should even do it. I loved. I wouldn't trade my experience on Friday nights and Saturday afternoons for anything in the world. I did basketball college basketball, high school basketball. I did umpire baseball in the Southwest Conference back in the day, Big 8 back in the day, junior college, a lot of college, and high school. I wouldn't trade any of that for any. I had a great time. It was on the field. I was in a, having a game atmosphere. I was still involved. I loved it. But it's a different breed of cats nowadays, folks. So you're seeing that there's a lot of nepotism. Someday somebody's going to do a great article on officiating, not only in, let's say, in D1, but also in the NFL. And look at the lineage of some of these cats. How many of them had a dad, an uncle, uh, a relative of some, some sort that's, that already made their mark in officiating? And that person helped uh, this, the, the person in question now to find their break and to get into the league. Uh, it's, just, uh, it's just very daunting right now. And so what I'm saying is we, we saw bad officiating on Sunday. If you think that this is the last time we're going to see bad officiating as time goes on, you're mistaken. It's not just the human element that's involved. It's the fact that the skill level of some of these officials is very shallow. Use that word twice now. So uh, the officiating is something's got to be done to recruit more officials and and to entice more officials to start officiating football, in this case, in junior high school or Pop Warner. And then... But what happens there is sometimes ignorant and overzealous parents run them off. So then you can say, well, if they don't, if they get run off that easy, they shouldn't be in the game. Okay, okay. We're, we're like dogs chasing our tails. All we're doing is getting busy and, and dizzy. But the fish eating is, is an issue. And so if it's going to be that way in the NFL, how do you think it's going to be in your local high school, your local junior high? You know, Johnny and Judy ain't going to have some good calls go their way at, at times. So what are you going to do? Probably bitch and raise hell. Uh, but the winner of the Pet Coon Goofy Award this week, folks, is United Airlines. Uh, they left passengers stranded in northern Canada on a tarmac on Saturday night due to a mechanical issue, a door issue. It wouldn't close totally. The plane sat overnight for 16 hours in the cold with limited water and food supplies so the passengers were all left on the plane for 16 hours because there was no way to process their visas for entry into canada so they could not be let off the plane red tape red tape problem can't think outside the box we can't do anything other than what's uh, required or or you know Uh, that's already in writing it's crazy so uh, they finally sent another plane to pick up the passengers they were taken back to Newark I don't know if that's a reward or not but nonetheless they went back to Newark 16 hours can you imagine what that plane smelled like can you imagine some old granny having the walking farts oh and those laboratories are so small Oh, my God. So it'll be interesting to see at the end of the day what the restitution will be to those stranded people. I saw an interesting note that Impact Wrestling, Sanjay Dutt, he's a, you know, Sanjay wrestles. He's a producer. He was uh, on that flight starting out from Newark. Uh, they got sat stranded there, and uh, he was on it 16 hours. He, he was interviewed by Anderson Cooper. I saw uh, from CNN here this week about that. Bad, bad time to fly, man. It's, it's dawning. And here I am going to Milwaukee on, on Friday. Just hoping I get in there with the weather doesn't destroy my appearance uh, at the hockey game. So, United, you're the winner this week. United Airlines, you, sir, and ma'ams are pit coon goofy.
1: Because you are
0: one lousy son of a. Oh, no! Hey, don't forget this Saturday afternoon I'll be in Milwaukee alongside Gail Kim, Jeff Jarrett, and Al Snow. And uh, I think he's bringing a head with him. And uh, there's about a million jokes right now that could come pouring out of my mouth. I shall not. I restrain. I'm restraining. Uh, we'll be there at, uh, for Salute to Pro Wrestling Day at the Milwaukee Admirals Hockey Club. So 12-15 uh, is a pregame autograph signing. The game's at 1 o'clock. Uh, tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Love to see you there. In a chilly, chilly Milwaukee, I saw where they're going to put the uh, the Crusher's getting a statue of himself, a statue of the Crusher, uh, in built in Milwaukee this summer, I think it was. So that's kind of cool. I think that's neat. Reggie Lasowski, quite the cat. This week in wrestling, ladies and gentlemen, a city that the uh, the Crusher knew well, as many most of the stars of previous generations, that's Toronto, 56 years ago on January 24th, 1963. This was at a live event, a non-televised live event, a.k.a. a house show, NWA house show in Toronto. Uh, Luthez defeated the then-champion Buddy Rogers to begin his third reign with the NWA World Heavyweight title. And, of course, uh, that decision then motivated Vince McMahon Sr. and Toots Mont to pull their Capital Wrestling Corporation a promotion from the NWA and then they created their own, uh, home base, uh, forming the worldwide wrestling federation, WWWF, which eventually would become the WWE. And then, uh, many of you history buffs remember that Buddy Rogers was then crowned the inaugural WWWF champion, uh, in that, that April, which eventually was set the stage for Bruno San Martino. And the rest is history. 35 years ago in Madison square garden, Hulk Hogan defeated the then-champion the Iron Sheik, kicking off Hogan's first reign with well, the WWF title at the Garden. Uh, and then uh, Hogan would eventually uh, lose the title to Andre the Giant over four years later in February 1988. That was a great run, well-booked, made sense. The superstar Babyface superhero was over. He created a monster factory. And and you roll with it, you roll with it as long as the fans are still buying your champion. And there's no roadmap that says they'll stop loving your champion on this date. I wish there was, but there's there's not. There's a lot of tells, but there's no guarantees. Thirty-one years ago, in the Nassau Veterans uh, Memorial Coliseum in Long Island, God, I, I saw this. Uh, I don't know if producer Ted or Raphael did this one but man it's amazing how uh 31 years ago god almighty I was there I was there The Bookhouse Stampede the NWA's uh, second ever pay-per-view event uh Nikita Koloff and Bobby Eaton had a 20 minute draw nice finish Unfortunately, the powers that be nowadays don't believe it's uh, applicable, apparently. But they had a they had a twenty minute uh, bra- uh, draw, uh, and and knowing Bobby Eaton as I do, and as you do, I'm sure it was classic. Not to say that Nikita wasn't, but Bobby was the star wrestling wise. Nikita was the star of the match because he was a, he was a bigger attraction. But Bobby Eaton was the straw that started to drink in that one. Larry Zbysko defeated Barry Winham to earn the NWA Western States Heritage title that title is kind of like Rodney Dangerfield. The Rodney Dangerfield of titles in wrestling. Don't get no respect. Uh, Ric Flair retained the NWA World title despite a loss uh, to Road Warrior Hawk by disqualification. And in the main event, Dusty Rhodes won the Steel Cage Bunkhouse Stampede that featured such stars as Arn Anderson, Ivan Koloff, Lex Luger, Road Warrior Animal, The Barbarian, The Warlord, and The Great Tully Blanchard. 26 years ago, January 27th, 1993. Uh, this was just before I came to work for Vince McMahon in 93. Uh, Andre, the giant passed away in his sleep at the age of 46 in a Paris hotel room. Now the official cause of death was congestive heart failure. Uh, as we found out, of course, Andre inducted into the WWF hall of fame with the class of 1993. The, uh, my head, my my eye, my ears perk up when I hear that somebody at forty six died in their sleep. Because what am I going to think? Sleep apnea. So you got to wonder if the boss didn't have terrible sleep apnea. So uh, don't know. He's never be he. There'll never be another like Andre the Giant, no doubt. Twenty years ago, Arrowhead Pond, Anaheim, California. Royal Rumble 99, this is a hell of a show, as I recall. Uh, Such an array of talents and booked uniquely. Uh, Big Boss Man defeated Road Dog. Ken Shamrock defeated Billy Gunn to retain the Intercontinental title. Uh, That's when the Intercontinental title had much more meaning than it does now. Uh, x pac defeated Gangrel to retain the European title, which is not even in existence any longer, as far as I know. Sable defeated Luna Vashon in a strap match to retain the WWF women's title. And that goes to the kindness and, and teamwork of Luna Vashon who was a trained pro wrestler uh, who had the patience to get all she could out of uh, Sable, who was not a trained wrestler. But Sable was the attraction in that match that had to be protected. And that made sense. Uh, the Rock defeated mankind in an I Quit match, earning a WWF World Heavyweight Title. That was a physical match, very memorable. And and then here's here's this is really it was great booking for at least for me. Mr. McMahon was bell to bell, bell to bell, thirty man Royal Rumble match, uh, and Austin started in number two position, which I thought they had great drama for the entire match, but uh, Austin. Uh, he got ambushed by the corporation. But uh, I, I enjoyed that show. I thought that was a real good, I thought it was a very good Royal Rumble. And then 19 years, the next year at the Royal Rumble, that was going to be in the garden. Uh, Taz defeated Kurt Angle. I thought that was a, I think that was Taz's debut. It was awesome. It really was. He got, uh, it just showed me. So there are naysayers that didn't, didn't work crazy about me hiring Taz. Because he was like Kyler Murray. He was too short. Jeez. But the only person that mattered was the big Irishman, and the Irishman wanted me to hire him, and as did I. But you got a glimpse of what Taz could have been if he had been able to stay healthy with the ovation uh, and reception he received in the garden in 2000. Very well booked, I thought. Uh, also at that uh, rumble in the garden, the Hardys to feed the Dudleys in a tag team tables match. Uh, good old Mae Young, God bless her soul, won a seven-woman swimsuit contest. <laughs> oh, Is that the one where she had the uh, prosthetic breasts that uh, had the world's oldest and ugliest nipples? can't remember. I, I, I need to call Lawler. He might remember. <laughs> ah, puppies. Uh, Chris Jericho defeated China and Hardcore Holly to win the Intercontinental title. Uh, I don't know what to say about that, but I'm not big on these intergender things. New Age Outlaws defeated the Acolytes to retain the tag team titles. Triple H defeated Cactus Jack in a street fight to retain the WWF title. And in the main event, The Rock finally eliminated the big show to win the 30-man Royal Rumble. That was another great rumble. Star-packed, and what I see about that rumble is that it it uh, it really had a good strong undercard uh, uh, past the rumble match. I thought that was really good. Fourteen years ago, I, this is a surprise to me because I forgot this happened. Fourteen years ago, January 24, 2005, uh, I was given, it was Jim Ross Day in the state of Oklahoma by Governor Brad Henry. So I got a little, I got a little uh, plaque and recognition, and uh, uh, I was remember the presentation with Stacy Keebler and Danny Hodge. Uh, they we did an in ring thing, and of course, was I interrupted? Hell yeah! Because we want to get heat on Rick Flair and Triple H, and uh, they were bullies and they pushed me around, and, and they just weren't nice. <laughs> Randy Orton came to my aid, though, another one of the many outstanding talents that have saved my ass over the years. And in the main event that night, all leading into that main event, Randy Orton defeated Rick Flair in a, in a really good uh, TV match, no doubt. Ten years ago in the Joe Louis Arena in Detroit, Royal Rumble 09, uh, Randy Orton won the Royal Rumble that year being the last, by defeating Triple H. Uh, The thing you notice on these cards is that you got John Cena defeated JBL to retain the World Heavyweight title. AS defeated the then-champion Jeff Hardy in a no-disqualification match to earn the WWE title. So underneath the Royal Rumble matches itself, you have some really strong stuff. Melina defeated the then-champ Beth Phoenix to earn the women's title. Jack Swagger will be fighting for Bellator on Saturday night, defeated Matt Hardy to retain the ECW World Heavyweight title. So that's another good show. Strong undercard with existing stories that have been well told can make a difference. Great support without question. Five years ago in Pittsburgh, uh, Royal Roma 14, New Age Outlaws defeated the team of Cody Rhodes and Goldust, the brothers, out of my lawn, if you will. Are you Athan or are you an errand boy? Uh, the Sons of the American Dream. Uh, so that was, uh, that was a nice match. I like that match. Uh, Bray Wyatt defeated Daniel Brown on that card. Brock Lesnar defeated the Big Show. Uh, and then Dave Batista won the Royal Rumble that year, uh, last defeating Roman Reigns. Uh, and I think the Royal Rumble that year was the last wrestling appearance in WWE by CM Punk. Because Punk would eventually sign with USC that December. Now, moving on to birthdays. some interesting birthdays this week. Very interesting uh, array of folks. As you hear this, a new show drops every Wednesday, as you know. And so on Wednesday, the co-founder of All Japan Pro Wrestling, the late Giant Baba, would have been 81. The late Vivian Vichon, 68. Uh, the hero of the Hudson. Uh, Chesley Sully Sullenberger. Uh, the, the man that uh, saved a lot of folks' life by navigating a, a emergency landing on the Hudson River in New York City. Good job, Sully. Uh, the star of Law & Order SVU, one of my favorite shows. I caught myself last weekend binge-watching uh, SVU Marathon. So I'll say I'll watch one more hour. Then I now I'm three hours in. This just uh, amazing. Uh, I think I got a little crush on Mariska Hargitay. She's right in my age group, too. She's 55. Her birthday is today, Wednesday. She's the, she's the, she's the top baby face on that show. She's over. <laughs> USC Hall of Fame member Tito Ortiz, 44 years of age, still looking for his next booking. The voice of NXT UK, Nigel McGinnis. What an amazing feature that WWE produced on him. If you haven't seen it, you should. It's very, very good. Uh, Nigel's a, a survivor very good at what he does i i would enjoy having the opportunity to work with nigel but that it never came i wish it would have uh on thursday birthdays include a uh, fellow nwa hall of famer the late gary hart great manager even 77 uh my fellow westwood one the mighty westwood one Podcaster Vince Russo is fifty-eight on Thursday. I would guess he'll not be getting any birthday greetings from Jim Cornette, former WWF Hardcore Champion. The late Mike Austin, would have been fifty-four on Friday. Birthdays include former Intercontinental Champion, the Honky Talk Man. Honky will be sixty-six. He's a he's about a year behind me. Uh, four times Ring of Honor Tag Champion BJ Whitmer forty-one on Friday. Two-time WWE Divas champion and two-time women's champion, Michelle McCool, who's also married to The Undertaker, will be 39 this uh, Friday. You think I should text Mark and say, don't forget your wife's birthday on Friday? Uh, nine-time Ring of Honor World Tag Team champion brother, with his brother Mark, uh, the Briscoe brothers. Jay Briscoe will be 35. My favorite pair of Delaware chicken farmers. I like those guys. They're, you know why I like them? They're real. They're organic. They're not pretentious. They don't. They they are their gimmick. And, and and by the way, if I hear we're not the bar, we are the bar. We don't set the bar. We are. I'm going to vomit. I'm going to regurgitate. Stop it. Because if it's not that, it's Dennis Leary in a damn car commercial. We don't set the bar. We are the bar. If you're if you're not the lead dog, the view never changes. All that's Ted Turner stuff off his di- off his desk. I've, I've, been, I've seen it, or some other philosopher. But in any event, uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm uh, I like the Briscoes. One of the reasons I like to watch Ring of Honor, and uh, NXT superstar Mark Andrews is a whopping twenty-seven. I can verify. I know for sure. I have sport coats that age in my closet. On Saturday, uh, one of my favorites, the late Paul Newman would have been ninety-four. Ninety-four. Uh, I am a big fan of Paul Newman salsa. Pineapple and peach. Just so you'll know, if you haven't tried it, you're, you're roaming around a grocery store like an Ingalls, After you get your JR sauce or ketchup, mustard, whatever, check out that Paul. That Paul Newman guy needs a break. Help the brother out. Great salsa, seriously. Pineapple and peach. Trust me. Because of food, folks, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the late, great Gordon Sully. My God, he had been 90 years old. Well, I had to take a gin and. Uh, uh-uh. I, well, you should have seen his face, and I told him that he and I are going to do two two-hour Saturday night TVS shows in Birmingham. And he literally got the shakes. So I knew what he was worried about, and so I sent a runner out and bought a nice little igloo uh, cooler. And he put orange juice in a lot of it, some of it, okay, a little of it, and a lot of vodka. So I had uh, I had red solo cups, a uh, tribute to my friend Toby Keith, as it work would work out. Uh, but we, I made Gordon had screwdrivers all night. And he made it through four hours of wrestling. I don't think he's ever done that much in his life, but it was tough on him. But, you know, we were one of those situations where you get a company that doesn't think the announcing is very important until they don't have one. I love Gordon. He was my, he was my, my wrestling role model in those early days because he didn't, he, he, he didn't, he didn't embarrass the business. He had a great vocabulary. He had a good feel for things. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed working with him. I'm glad that I got to rescue him, for lack of a better term, off the scrap heap because some of the brain trust at WCW didn't know what they had with him. Sad. Out of sight, out of mind. It's funny how history can repeat itself, isn't it? Uh, the voice of Milwaukee Brewers. He is still the voice of Milwaukee Brewers. Bob Bucher, 85. Just a little bit outside. Uh, WWE Hall of Famer, the late uh, Michael Hegstrand, aka Road Warrior Hawk, sixty-two. Man, what a what a guy he was! What a guy he was! Sixty-two Hawk on Saturday. Uh, the great one, Wayne Gretzky, fifty-eight on Saturday. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Luchador, Volador Jr., thirty-eight. Former TNA Knockouts Champion Taylor Wilde, thirty-three. Four-time WWE Raw Women's Champion, going on five versus Ronda Rousey at the Royal Rumble. Sasha Banks is 27. You know when Sasha Banks turns up the uh, the angst, the anger, the facial expressions. In other words, when she comes to the ring, pissed off. I don't understand how these guys want to think, stay in a certain character. She not not talking about her specifically, but Finn Balor might come to my mind. If Tim Balor smiles going to the ring against Brock Lesnar, it becomes unrealistic. If it is a real athletic event, which is what they want it to be perceived as, then why would you be grinning from ear to ear knowing that you're going to the ring to try to take the championship off a guy that outweighs you 100 pounds who may be the most dangerous man in the history of pro wrestling? It's a disconnect. So now I'm thinking about why he's smiling. Instead of the other intangibles that I should be thinking about, preparing myself mentally and emotionally for this presentation. On Sunday, one of my old buddies, the late Red Bastine, would have been 88. Red Bastine, and I, Red Bastine was a what a what a prince a human being, a wonderful guy, devoted so much of his time and his life to the for Alley Club. So I said I'll be out there in uh, April the CAC convention, I think I'm, I think I'm hosting the banquet, the, the induction banquet on Saturday or Tuesday, Wednesday. Hell, I don't, I, I, I'll get it all together, I promise. Uh, I'll be there. But Red, Red was a unique cat. Uh, Red, according to legend, was very well endowed. He was so well endowed that when the guys went to all these different territories, if they had a new guy in the territory that had not been around Red, it became a topic of conversation because the veterans that, that knew Red would would sell him and his uh, enormity to the you know, the green kids. Don't ask me why. It's just a guy thing, I guess. It's what ninth graders and sophomores do, right? So, uh, over the course of time, Red Bastine's uh, uh, member got a name, the Bishop. So uh, I used to, of course, you know, anytime you're getting this. This water. Mr. Barnett was always great talking about, you know, Mr. Barnett, is, is there any truth or story about Red Devastine? You mean the bishop, my God. It's scary. So there's a little extra today. <laughs> Happy birthday, Red, you rascal. What a nice guy. He was in a tag team match one time with Cowboy Bill Watch. I think it was in Winnipeg. And uh, Watch swears it's a true story. Uh, he's got watches selling, which is also, which makes you dubious, the story being truthful. <laughs> Red's on the, on the apron waiting the hot tag and watch so longer than I guess he'd ever sold in his life because on these long trips, fatiguing trips, red dozed off standing on the apron with both arms over the top rope. You can, you can envision it. And so he was there with his eyes shut asleep when his turn came for the hot tag I think the cowboy had to tag himself in or tag Red in but it was a funny story and the the bishop taking a nap but he made his hot tag I love that guy he was cool on Monday happy birthday goes to uh, one half the uh, Smackdown tag champions The Bar I always broke my own credo The Bar uh, Cesaro, I'm talking about Seamus Seamus is 41 years old Looks great, too. His conditioning program is working for him really big time. And Cesaro's just a freak. He's just a freak of nature. If the WWE was really serious about de- de- developing a tag team division that might have a fighting chance to compete with the popularity of the women, then you got to believe that Cesaro and Sheamus would be two of the primary building blocks of the tag team division. Wouldn't you? The only thing that you could say right now is that they could use some vignettes that that that, that put them over his heels. Uh, Their athletic ability, their conditioning, their strength, their tenacity, and their motivation. Who are they? Why are they? So, uh, I'm a big uh, fan of Seamus and Cesaro, but they got a lot of work to do to resurrect tag team wrestling in WWE, which right now is quite frankly, it's just not it's not trending up. Uh, all four I'm trying to make it work, get it better. I, I believe in tag team wrestling. Look, if, 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 if the WWE can, can put women in a position that they've long deserved as main event level talents, and they have done that, they have done that, then why in the hell can they not do it for tag teams? There's no, there's no obvious or logical answer. Uh, Also on Monday, uh, celebrating a birthday, 31 years of age, uh, Sonata of uh, Lawson Gobernales. His partner is E. Vil. IWGP Tag Champs, last I looked. He's a very talented kid, too. Big-timer. Sonata. Don't sleep on him. He's going to be around for a long time in a top spot. And finally, on Tuesday, my dear friend Oprah Winfrey will be 65. And... uh, well, that would be a great story, wouldn't it? Jr. is seeing Oprah. Hey. Might be interesting. Okay, I'm being silly. Uh, Oprah 65. Happy birthday, Oprah, on Monday or Tuesday. And six-time WWF hardcore champion, one of the toughest guys I ever knew. Hardcore Bob Holly is 56. I remember Bob telling me, somebody was staying with him, and they said, well, I've got to get a got to get another roommate or someone on the road. Uh, hard, uh, Bob's killing me. I said, why is he killing you? He said, well, he, he gets up about every two or three hours to eat. So he would get, you know, if they had grilled chicken, he'd load up on the grilled chicken at catering, take it take it with him to the hotel, then wake up every few hours to eat it. Very dedicated, his diet. And tougher than hell, I promise you. Tougher than the old $2 steak, to say the least, was Bob Holly. And so that does it for this week's birthdays. I wish all of you a very happy day. Uh, Celebrate it well. And remember, folks, I got the cake. You've got mail. It's mailbag time. And certainly before we get started, I want to thank everybody that sent me information last week. I requested some info on Amazon. You know, I don't know why there'd be any reason that uh, our fans should not be able to acquire our sauces, our ketchup, mustard, all those good things uh, from Amazon. I know a lot of you shop with Amazon. It seems like it's a nice marriage. So uh, producer Ted tells me we've got a lot of uh, good feedback. I appreciate that. You guys responded uh, by emailing me to thejimroshreport at gmail.com. I thank you for that. And we're going to take the ball and run with it, see if we can't uh, do some business somewhere down the road with uh, with Amazon. Much like we're doing business with them now on, on selling our book. So uh, well, I thank you guys for that very much. And don't forget still to come, my conversation with – with Jack Swagger, Jake Hager, the second toughest man from Perry, Oklahoma, ever. He'll be uh, making his MMA debut on Saturday night on the Paramount Network on Bellator's uh, Next Big Fight card. We'll talk to him about that in just a few minutes. Uh, On with the mailbag, Marcus Rude in the Quad Cities says, Hey, JR, I just want to say I'm a big fan of yours and have been watching wrestling since I was a kid during the Attitude Era. One of my favorite wrestlers of all time would, uh, all time would have to be the Undertaker. Of course. Do you have any thoughts or memories reflecting back on his Ministry of Darkness era? Uh, thanks for your time and take care. Well, Marcus, the only thing I can think of, I didn't give the Undertaker enough credit in when they were going to remake, reinvent, reintroduce his persona uh, in the uh, aside from. The regular Undertaker, the traditional Undertaker. I was not confident it was going to work because of this reason. Not because of Taker's talents or the WWE's ability to present those talents. The character was so strong. The the original Undertaker character. And I'm a little set in my ways. I wasn't crazy about changing what I perceived to be working. That's that. So, uh, but And the other thing I didn't know, because he'd gone so long as a top guy, speaking of Taker, uh, that he had not been promoing to any degree. How would that translate? So uh, my memories are basically surrounding my apprehension. Can he top or equal what he's been doing with a new persona? And he did very well. Very well. The, the motorcycle thing, the Kid Rock stuff, all that—you uh, know—it it fit. It fit Mark, so it was good there. But thanks, Marcus, for uh, for the question. A uh, guess suggestion from Jim Lauderdale, Jr. I want to say I love the show. I just started listening to you this past year. I've been going back and listening to your older shows and love it. One rush I would like to hear from is Trevor Murdoch. I can make that happen. He was a good tag team rusher with Lance Cade. And uh, still wish he were, were in the WWE. I'm sure he does, too. Uh, thank you again for a great show. Jim Lauderdale. Well, Jim, I will do. I can get Trevor on the show. Uh, good kid. I'll be happy to help him because he's, he's trying to get bookings and all these things. So you wanna, that's why I do these uh, around the wrestling horn and all that stuff. Help the guys. Help everybody that you can. It's a good deal. I believe it comes back around. Good karma. From Dan Rolandelli. Dan Rolandelli. Hi, JR, love the show. My question is, why are some wrestlers allowed to keep their name from outside of WWE, but others have changed theirs upon signing? For example, AJ Styles and Joe were able to keep their names, but Rollins, Daniel Bryan, and Finn Balor all had theirs changed upon signing. Uh, well, I think that what WWE tries to get is a clean ownership, intellectual property ownership uh of uh, these these guys, in other words, A.J. Styles uh, had he, he didn't his name was not given to him by, I mean he's been A.J. Styles forever. That's what I'm trying to say. Established names are less likely to be changed. I'm assuming that uh, Tyler Black, Seth Rollins did not, uh, you know they didn't have clear ownership or title to it. Whatever I don't know, but it's largely Dan, it's a legal issue. And then you know you and I can get talking about legal stuff, which is. Uh, nauseous and, and boorish like most lawyers. Sorry. Uh, I'm overgeneralizing. Uh, but uh, it's basically it's a legal issue. And it seems like WWE in the last couple of years has been more readily accept- accepting uh, an existing name, an ongoing name that there's already equity built in. And I agree with that. I don't think everybody that comes there should have a new name. Unless it, you have to do it for legal reasons or because it works better with this other name. Uh, from Larry in Valdosta, Georgia. Somebody telling me this is near the Florida border. <laughs> I know where it is. I know, brother. Uh, Hi, JR. Over Thanksgiving, our family was visiting my parents. We stopped at Ingalls to buy a few last-minute items. And it dawned on me that your sauce would be available there. I picked up a bottle to try on our smoked turkey. It was so good, I took the rest of the bottle back home with me. My mom and stepdad come to visit us during the Christmas. He stopped by Ingalls and picked up the last three bottles uh, of the original sauce and brought them to me. Great surprise. Thanks so much, Larry Kinzel. Larry, you're welcome. Thank you for shopping our, our products at the Ingalls. They're really good people. I enjoyed Doing business with really good people, and they are. Thanks to Bill Murdoch and all my friends there in Asheville. Gosh, such good people. I could live in Asheville, North Carolina, very easily. Uh, and I love the work that Evelyn Charities does there. Headlock on Hunger, that their heartbeat is there, created there. A lot of emotional attachment to me and Ingalls and helping hungry kids eat. I think that's important because that bill says when you're hungry, Nothing else matters. Remember, you can email me at the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. That's the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. And as always, I appreciate your correspondence, your ideas, your feedback, and your support. And that's this week's mailbag. Well, we can say Boomer Center to start this conversation without a doubt. Jake Hager, born in Perry, Oklahoma. Uh, now representing Bellator, getting ready to make his debut in the cage, in a, in a legitimate mainstream big time MMA fight. Big boy, how you, how's your training going?
1: Hey Jim, oh man, uh, be careful what you wish for, you know. Training has uh, been very hard, but been been good, been good to me. I can't I can't believe how my body is uh, responding to the intensity, but it's it's really good
0: compare your training for this fight to your peak days at Oklahoma wrestling for a d1 school and earning all American honors how what's is there is this harder same ass a little less what where, where do you get it
1: I would say it's harder um, there's a lot of similarities of course because wrestling is one of the main disciplines in MMA um, uh, but I would say it, it's harder the rounds are longer so you just have to be able to go longer. And then really the hardest part is like after wrestling for two minutes, getting back up on your feet and trying to throw hands for three minutes and your arms are just 10 times heavier. Um, It's funny. I was kind of running my mouth to my coaches before we really started training. Like, look, I've trained at the D1 level at the (laughs) university of Oklahoma. I know what hard training is. And then uh, getting into this, I kind of had to eat my words a little bit because it's, it's been very, very uh, difficult at times, but right now, a week before the fight, I'm, I'm in the best shape of my life at 36 years old, which is something.
0: How much are you weighing? You walk around um, a week.
1: I'm walking around about 249, 253, uh, fluctuating between then, depending on how many practices I had that day. Wow, that's uh, good. So good.
0: That's, you're lean, man.
1: Yeah, real lean and i feel fast uh i feel like my flexibility has increased and that has really helped uh hand speed and leg speed foot speed
0: you had a you had a great run in pro wrestling not to say this over uh it's i i'm one of those school guys is it ever really over you know you can you cannot be you could not be booked but it's hard to get out of your system once you've been in, the, in that world for an extended length of time, as you have. Was this something you just wanted to try something else or you burnt out on pro wrestling? Uh, or, was this, or was the MMA route something you have always wanted to do? How did that, how'd that come about? Because that's a major decision from leaving the showbiz world of pro wrestling into uh, somebody that wants to break your face
1: absolutely um huge risk um uh, took a big jump leaving a, a great company making hundreds of thousand of dollars a year to uh jump into a complete other industry with little experience and uh you know a lot of potential for injury and uh you know what for me i towards my end of the time there at WWE, uh, I think it was kind of obvious I got into a comfort zone and it was killing me. I wasn't really able to compete the way I wanted so I got into this comfort zone and uh, not. I didn't stop trying. I always went out there and gave it my best but it wasn't, it wasn't truly uh, Jake Hager from Perry, Oklahoma. So it was just uh, kind of a moment that I needed to leave but if you look at Sports, uh, combat sports right now, it's um—it's at a peak of popularity. It's up there, you know, Major League Baseball, NFL, those NBA, those will be the tops uh, in America for a long time. But combat sports right now is really rising. And I saw an opportunity not only to uh, – Cross over into another industry and possibly another potential uh, income stream for my family but i saw an opportunity that if i did well enough at mma that it's only going to help uh my pro wrestling career and that's the idea one hand helps the other i yeah. absolutely think being a pro wrestler having 12 years experience on the big stage Makes me a better MMA fighter. Yes, I said it. Being a pro wrestler makes you a better MMA fighter because whether you're tough, you got all the counters in the world, you got the best hands. People still want to care about you. You still need to be able to speak correctly and, and give them a personality that's the game. Uh,
0: you still got to um, get over. You still got to get over. Bottom
1: line, absolutely bottom line and bottom line thing. you got to
0: get over You could be a stand-up comedian a leading man and it could be the rock it's all about getting over and and the way one certainly one route of getting over is not the the one that some talk about you know well he went down with a, he he gave him a hell of a fight before he went down it's winning winning's your mm-hmm. number that's the, that's the bottom line is because everybody can understand winning and losing
1: yeah you know, pretty a, much in their a, life right? Yeah, it's a universal language. Anywhere you go, everybody understands getting your hand raised or getting your butt kicked, you know. And uh it's uh it's been a really special journey. I've I've had lucky I've been I feel very lucky to get these guys around me and have so many people come out of the woodwork to wanna help me and uh progress on this journey and honestly I, I can't believe it's here. Uh it a year and a half ago we started and now now we're here.
0: Yeah here it's time time is uh running out it's too late to change your mind big boy
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> too late to change uh, your mind my man uh the the uh, uh Jake's debut in the MMA will be for Bellator my friend Scott Coker's got a, a really a good organization there and uh, he's doing a creative job of booking some guys who are over at least they were over at one time and some of these nostalgia things but there's the future for that organization is not unlike the USC or WWE for that matter. It's getting new people over. And mm-hmm. so you're, you're, you're at a good spot. I'm thinking at a good place in time. Uh, so I think it's a pretty good thing. Have you, have you, uh, I've always thought this, and this is, I said this about Lesnar, Lesnar's weakness in my humble, uh, opinion Uh, as far as his MMA competition is concerned, is his striking defense. Mm
1: -hmm. You
0: you know, uh, like you. I know you – Perry, Oklahoma, folks, if you don't know, it's the home of the great Danny Hodge. They've had, I mean, dozens upon dozens of state champions, All-Americans, state championships. It's like one of the most amazing small-town amateur wrestling uh, cities in the world. That bar none. I'm not exaggerating. Uh, but you started, I'm sure, five, six years old, wrestling in in Perry?
1: Yep, started five, six years old, um, wrestling in Perry at the YMCA. Had guys like Danny Hodge, uh, Donnie Huff, uh, All-American, Tony Macias, uh, Clem Yaki uh, start beating up on me, throwing me in there with eight-year-olds when I'm five. (laughs) <laughs> just because I was the same size as those eight-year-olds, and they didn't know it, and uh, it, it was very fortunate that we moved to Perry when I was four, and it truly is the wrestling capital of the world. Uh, <laughs> I can't—I one of one of the biggest things I'm excited about, Jim, and this is just me—is when I walk out there in that entrance and they say, "From Perry, Oklahoma," I get goosebumps just now thinking about it. It's That's very awesome. special to me.
0: Well, it's, it's a it's a hell of a deal. I'm just wondering. I thought I was going to mention with this lesson thing is that the great amateurs that have been amateurs uh, since they were young, like you have in your case, at uh, five or six years old, starting officially training. Uh, do you? But nowhere along that training were you taught how to uh, deflect punches or counter punches. No. You're wrestling. Yep. And so my my question to you is. Have you spent extra time? Are you more aware of that potential scenario occurring that you better have your striking defense down pat or somebody could take your head off? Because that's that may be their area, where your area. I'm sure is going to be mat wrestling, take people down, maul them, all this good stuff. But those uh, def- the striking defense is something that has it concerned you as much as it has some fans like myself?
1: Yes, it's it's very concerning because it's really a game of inches and controlling that space that you need. And like you said, wrestlers traditionally aren't used to getting hit in the stomach, aren't used to getting hit in the head. Uh, we're used to bowling in there and locking up with someone. And uh I feel fortunate that the coaches, you know, they just didn't say, hey, go in there and practice your double leg because you're good at it. No, they said, no, you can't double leg. Get in there, move your head, keep your hands up, move your feet, you know, teach me the little details and, and make it hard for me. Make me work on what I'm bad at. And that's how you get better. And it's not fun. Anyone will tell you that. It's not fun to work on stuff that you're not good at and to try to improve it. And slowly but surely, with baby steps, you get better at it. You get better at it. And, you know, everybody these days wants something overnight. Well, that's just not how it works. You just have to work at it and slowly take a punch to the face, and then you learn a lesson. Oh, I need to move this way, you know, and... It's, uh, it's been good. I feel like I've come a long ways with the striking. I feel like I'm going to surprise a lot of people with my striking. Um, but at the same time, I can't wait in there to get that double leg. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. Yeah. You got to dance with what brunions they say, you know. Uh, striking is uh, a big part of that game and it certainly uh, turns the crowd on when you have somebody has a flurry. Especially those guys that are smart enough to flurry that when the after the hear the crack of the, the wood, you know there's ten seconds left in the round. In the round. You know some guys just got to worry about getting past the first round. I get that too, but boy, I like those guys that are smart when they when they hear the let's go home. It's here's the ten seconds to the to the to the bell. Uh, they have that those great flurries, and it always seems to kind of half-ass influence of judging. It seems to me like it anyway. Oh, well, that's, yep. like, that's pretty, pretty good aggression, and he's controlled the cage, blah, blah, blah. So so what do you know about your opponent?
1: Uh, J.W. Kaiser, he's one-and-one one professionally, um, fights out of Kansas, so it's kind of cool, Oklahoma boy, Kansas boy, get to lock it yep. up inside the cage. Um, he's got a pretty good amateur background, uh, so I think he, he's a hard hitter. Um, he's a little bit shorter than me, so I know he's going to be coming with a lot of overhand rights. So it's going to be vital for me to keep my, my left hand up, my jab hand up, and, uh, you know, don't back up. Move into them when I see that right coming. And that's going to make my double leg easier, and that's going to make my foot work better. Um, but how how no have you responded,
0: difference. Jake? Excuse me, I'm sorry. How have you responded in practice in some of your, all these drills you're doing to get hit in the face? I mean I know you've been you've you've been an athlete you've been an outstanding football player you know multiple time all-american OU in wrestling so it you you being hit in the face is not a brand new thing that has never occurred but now that you're at your 30 there's what 36 you said 36 uh, yeah so you know most 36 year olds don't have to get used to getting hit in the face all over again how has that mm-hmm. been because you know your eyes are going to water you know all this the things that most people don't even think about are going to occur. You lose you, hell. You get tiffered blind. You know, you've nails you in the nose, and you you, your eyes are watering so much you can't see. i all been there.
1: Yep. Look, anybody who tells you that getting hit doesn't suck is a liar. Getting hit absolutely sucks. It's there's no way about it. Um, but at the same time, it's like a great teaching tool because it's so in your face. Um, I feel like. Uh, You know, like anything, I've had my ups and downs with it. I had my times where I was frustrated. and I'm like, gosh, man, am I ever going to get this? You know, like I I don't really have much of a neck, which has helped me with my wrestling. But with boxing and striking, it's helped to have a little bit of a longer neck to be able to move it and shrink it down when you need to. I feel like it's coming together. I'm staying coordinated. I'm staying connected with my feet, my hands and my head. And it's just a little motion that you need. You just got to constantly keep moving, uh, not your hands, but your head. And you make it incredibly more difficult to, uh, to, to be able to get hit. And so that's what I focus on my footwork and moving my head.
0: What's your family thinking about this? Uh, this next step, wife, family, dad, so forth. What do they think? Oh, they're excited. I'm (laughs) sure. But are they apprehensive as well? i would be a little apprehensive, quite frankly. If my boy was going to do something new in front of the whole world, that could see him just get his ass mauled. I don't want to see that, you know. And 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 un- unfortunately, whether we like it or not, and not being negative here, but that's a chance you—that's a risk you run when that's you get in a fight run. on this level. <laughs> it's a risky run, buddy. Somebody's somebody's ass is going to go down, and if they don't, the promoter's going to be about half-ass disappointed. Yep.
1: Yeah you you gotta understand that you're going into a fight, you're gonna get hit. this is a physical sport um yeah, you know my dad uh he's a big big wrestling fan um he's new to the m m a world but he's he, he he's learning very quickly uh he was out here in Florida with the family for uh thanksgiving and it was the kind of the first time where he he told me that he wasn't scared, but you know. He definitely is kind of uncomfortable about it. And I, I look back to the time, Jim, when you were sitting with me and you were telling me to come to the pro wrestling world. My dad had the same reaction. It's just something <laughs> new, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so uh, I think once he gets in there and he sees the incredible shape I'm in and how I'm not going to get tired, and that way I will always be able to protect myself and fight a smart fight because tough guys will get hurt in this business. You have to have a high fight intelligence, and um, hopefully I will demonstrate that to him and so he can enjoy it a little bit.
0: I'm sure you're enjoying working with Scott Coker. He's an, he's a really one of the more honest, right. uh, honorable guys in that world, I think.
1: Yeah, I think you could see the trend, too, with MMA fighters wanting to come to Bellator because they're treating their talent a certain way. They're giving them uh, great opportunities, great platforms. um they were so great with me this past year, you know, I come off TV, I'm hot. I need to capitalize on the independent pro wrestling market because that's money on the table. And they were so great with working with my training and working around my pro wrestling schedule to get me ready for this. I can't say enough about it. Uh, It's always nice when you get to go to work with people that want to work with you. It really is.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And if they see that you're motivated and you're you're willing to take on the challenge of a new adventure, and make no mistake about it, buddy. This is a brand new adventure, and it's, it's something that it's hard to. I don't know if you could even prepare for it. You, you prepared for it as best you could. You know, a guy that gets uh, thirty pins in a, in a single season at OU uh, has been through it. I get that. But now, like you said earlier, so and so accurately, this whole different world, man. It is a whole different world. Like Nobody's come to you yet with a finish. There is no finish.
1: <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, geez. we
0: want you to go, uh, Jake, we want you to go over past six, okay? Right, okay, right. That don't happen.
1: No. Real stuff, no. real st- serious yeah. stuff. Yeah, and it, and it, and it's cool because, like I like I said, I was in my comfort zone, and I I needed to change that. I'm just the type of person that I can't get too comfortable. I need to constantly be moving. And uh, I found out that competition is really important to me. And I also found out, like, after I'm done competing, like, I think coaching is going to be something that's going to make me very happy uh, and not mm. something I'm really going to enjoy. I don't know. But this is a whole new world, and I don't have an amateur boxing background. I don't have an amateur MMA background. I do have hundreds upon hundreds of wrestling matches. So I'm going to try to use my sports psychology, my mental game that I've learned over the years from some of the great coaches I had at the University of Oklahoma, the great coaches I had at Perry, and, and use that and prepare, um, you know, it's kind of the same thing that you prepare for anything mentally. You see it, you visualize it, you put yourself in a bad situation, then you see yourself coming out of it. And you try to see every outcome to try to prepare yourself for the best you can, but it's a fight. So get ready for the unexpected.
0: Yeah. And, and you will not know the finish before the match.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I will not know the finish before the match. No, absolutely
0: not. No, no. (laughs)
1: Hey, uh,
0: speaking of wrestling, uh, and I, I think it's smart because whatever success is that you can earn in MMA, as you uh, mentioned, is only going to make you more marketable and more valuable in the pro wrestling arena, no doubt. Uh, have no you, doubt. what? Now that you step you step back from the mainstream, everyday, you know, twenty four seven grind of being in the business, how do you? How what is your overall? purview of the wrestling business right now especially with the uh new company owned by the Khan family uh the jacksonville jaguars and fulham uh football club uh fame uh, where do you see the wrestling business because you, i know you're paying attention to it but but Absolutely. i know you're also getting ready for your fight you got to pay attention to it if that's if you're going to re-enter at some point
1: Yep. I think I think whether you're a wrestling fan or not, everybody's seeing uh, what they're doing at AEW, and honestly, I could not be more excited about it. I feel like it's changing the landscape of professional wrestling. It's providing competition. I know, Jim, you're like me. You believe competition makes everyone better. So yep. this is this is great for pro wrestlers. This is great for the boys in the back. Gives them some place to go. Gives them leverage, and it's great for pro wrestling fans. It gives them different styles and shows the different artistic ways that we can tell stories. And um, who I, I can't put a finger on how. Um, you know, guys like Kenny Omega, guys like the young bucks, guys like Cody, uh, over the last two years have just become red hot and they just generated so much momentum. They've just doing the right things at the right time and really making a great time to be a pro wrestler.
0: I agree. Oh, hardly. It's, uh they're going to create some unique opportunities. And, you know, I'm, I don't know. Uh, have you, have you had any that you can talk about if you had any, any, uh, any casual chats with any of those dudes, because you would think that, uh, someone with your experience and your background your style, because I understand that they, they want to have a more athletically oriented presentation, whether that's true or not remains to be seen. We'll see when they start doing television. But, uh, have you had any interaction with those guys about later on down the road? There might be something there.
1: Uh, briefly um i've kind of had my nose uh in, in training camp uh since september um so i i haven't talked to him too much about it but um you know here and there uh i will talk with cody and uh you know you can't help but bring it up um i always think back to what like Jericho and Kenny Omega did for New Japan last year for Wrestle Kingdom, I really feel like they worked everybody uh, with that angle, and it was so refreshing to see that. Uh, and you know, it was 2018 at the time to see that in pro wrestling, where people can still get hooked and still believe uh, believe this. And I expect nothing but uh, more of that great production and great matches from these guys.
0: Yeah, they they got uh, what we said earlier. They got over. And they got now over. they yeah, they got over. They got a, they have a very loyal fan base that's young and mobile. And so uh the that that brand based on that information, which I believe to be accurate, uh gives them an even better chance to grow because their audience is young, impatient, defiant, and they're looking for something new. And I have no clue what these guys are going to uh, how they're going to mirror their creative, what it's going to look like. But if they are smart and they counter-program mostly what's on television, you got a hell of a shot at building a brand-new audience back with uh, no eye-rolling bad acting. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, that, that's what annoys me, man, is that you guys like yourself, who has not one ounce of, of uh, professional acting training, None. And we ask you to memorize your script, and go out on TV and 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 perform it with no no preparation time. You know, you'll get your, your uh, after you leave catering, come by and we'll get your your promo. Then memorize it.
1: So it seems it seems very silly to have the longest episodic television show in history, and to get all your information the day of. It seems right. very silly. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's just. It's a, it's a system that can be better. So that's one thing I think we both agree on. So, uh, But anyway, it's, it's, a, it's a challenging gig right now, and I, I think it's going to be very competitive. And for guys like you that have multiple skills, you, know, you can be a villain, you can be a fan favorite. You can, you know, there's all kinds of stuff you can do. And your skill set allows you to work with anybody they hire, no matter who's hiring them, and make that person better. But boy, I'm glad you mentioned that comfort zone piece of business because I, you know, that's one of my biggest pet peeves on earth is uh, comfort zones, and it, it's it's a kiss of death when you stop growing, man. You know what the next the course of business is? You start dying. It's real simple. Yeah,
1: yeah. you got to keep and of growing. Course, yeah, and of course now a year and a half almost two years since I left the company, I have a different perspective than I did at the time when I was first leaving. When I was first leaving, angry, upset, wanting, want, want, want. And then I look back and I'm like, ah, you know, there's a lot that I could have done better to change that, that, that outcome. And it's good. It's good that I learned that lesson and I see that and, you know, and don't make the same mistake twice. And, um, Uh, honestly, Jim, I'm, I'm happier than I ever have. I'm, I'm home more with my kids and my family. I love being a dad. I love being a family man and I love punching people in the face. Um, (laughs) something about putting on those small gloves. It's, it's really, really exciting to me. And, uh, I can't wait to show the world.
0: Yeah. Well, you get that chance, uh, Saturday, January 26th, folks, mark it down. Uh, from the Fabulous Forum in Los Angeles, our man uh, Jake Hager is going to uh, uh, make his debut against John Wayne Kaiser. And John Wayne may go down in Southern California, we hope. Hey, uh, <laughs> I, th- I think back of uh, uh, earlier days. Remember those days when you and Dusty Dvorak would come to my house and sat on my couch and Jan would cook?
1: Oh, man. How could I forget? Yeah.
0: That was a good time. So everybody was everybody was had, i think we all had growing pains you know Dusty had been yeah. kicked off the team and you know you'd had your issues and i have yeah, i had my business. professional professional issues and 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 facial paralysis and my career getting hammered and so forth and so on but it was funny how that little group of four people would sit over there and and talk about the problems of the world and i think we all the bottom line is that we all just reassured each other that if we give it our best effort and you don't find that comfort zone and live in it, things can be okay. They really can. They can be okay, and they were for all of us. And I, uh, I appreciate that. She was, she's talking about that. She'd see you wrestle on TV, and she'd ask me, "Wasn't it great when we had him and Dusty at the house?" And you know, I cook, and I said I had to tell him to take his feet off my coffee table.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no manners. Uh, <laughs> those are. I, uh- very special times. Dusty, what a great guy. So proud of him, of what he's accomplished and his sports casting career now. He's he's so good on there. Um, you know, following in your footsteps in that genre. He's just such he's a, a natural. natural yes, he really yeah, is. He's a
0: nat- and he, he's, he's smart. He studies the game. It's like you're fighting, man. you got to be smart. you got to be cerebral. you got to study the game. You can't go out there, uh, you know, uh, dumb as a box of rocks you got to be mentally prepared which i know you will be because you're already what you talked about in our this conversation is, is uh, shows that you've you've amassed a great deal of knowledge and you've got a good staff around you obviously so uh, but those are good good old days i appreciate those days a lot i think about them a lot and uh, i remember when you said you told me one time in my living room you said well I think I'm going to sell insurance I said, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking to myself okay I'm not going to test on this dream but I mean, come on! Anybody can sell insurance.
1: Yeah.
0: Now everybody can't be successful, but anybody goes, you can. I see a lot of insurance people that you're. You wonder how they get hired, but nonetheless, I said, well, you ought to try the WWE. Make might work. I can get you a yeah. tryout. I can get you in the game. It's up to you after that. And I remember talking to Laronidis, who had my old job at that time. I said, I got a kid for you that you ought to take a look at. And let's get into try getting down to where, where'd you go to OVW or, to, or where'd you go first? Deep
1: South. I went Deep South six months, OVW six months, and then FCW a little over a year. So about yeah. about two and a half years it took me. And uh, yeah, it, it was <laughs> pretty special. Uh, you know, you sit back, you, me, and Dusty sitting around and like telling us like where we'd be in you know fifteen years from now. Probably wouldn't believe it.
0: Yeah right exactly. Well, uh, I had confidence in you, voice. I sure did. It's just, that you're, and I'm glad you you sailed through those choppy waters of the pro wrestling business. You got out on the other side with a marriage intact, with a beautiful family. Uh, and I'm sure, knowing how you were raised, uh, you saved you saved a couple of bucks along the way. So what more can you ask? You lived your dream, and and the family's in place, man. How many of the boys that we know? have no money, no family, therefore they have no hope. And you lose mm-hmm. hope, you're screwed, bro. You're screwed.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And honestly, Jim, that's like going into that industry. Uh um it always terrified me to be one of those guys and you know or uh be broke with nothing after having it all. Um yep. It's uh it, it's a, it's a you know, it's a scary superstar type deal. Like, be careful what you wish for. You know, if you want to roll with the big dogs on the top level, um, you know, it's not all glitz and glamour. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes decisions that one bad one could lead you down a path, and it's hard to reverse. Um, I think, you know, a lot of times in this day and age, it's it's a different type of roster. You got more guys with um college backgrounds, college degrees and um hell with social media now, that's just a whole other avenue to be able to make income and to advance yourself and to go into another industry. So you're not just a one trick pony.
0: No doubt about that, buddy. Well listen folks, uh he's gonna make his uh MMA debut for Bellator, Bellator two fourteen Saturday. January 26th. Circle the date on your calendar. It'll be here before you know it uh, in the fabulous forum in Los Angeles. Uh, I hope you go out there and kick some ass and uh, and you live your dream and continue to live it. I'm proud of you and I really appreciate you taking the time to be on my show today.
1: Jim, it was so nice to talk to you. I miss you, my friend.
0: And good luck, buddy. Uh, take John Wayne down. I would never say that any other light. I want to see John Wayne go down, but I, I want to see John Wayne go down at Bill and uh, my, my
1: grandpa's going to be rolling over in his grave.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Have a good day. Good luck to you, man. Good luck to you. All uh, right. You too, Jim. Thank you. You bet. Bye. Bye. It's always good to talk to a fellow Oklahoman, a former Sooner. He's Sooner born and Sooner bred, and you're damn right when he dies, he'll be Sooner dead. Our boy from Perry, Oklahoma, making his big-time debut in Los Angeles on Saturday night. Paramount Network, Bellator Fights. Uh, Fedor and, and Ryan Bader on that show, too. That should be good. Oh, that would be a nice show to watch. So check it out, folks. Mark it down. Saturday night, uh, support the boys at uh, Bellator and our man, Jack Swagger, Jake Hager, in his first MMA fight. Proud for his uh, training. Boy, he looks good, man. He looks really, really good. And as I talk to him, you know, my, my, my big issues is, is uh, can he have solid, striking defense, which many great amateurs are not known to have. Hopefully he'll be the exception, not the rule, and hopefully he'll win this damn fight. So we'll check it out on Saturday night. hope you will too. Uh, Appreciate you guys subscribing to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, or wherever you get your Slobberknocker audio. Uh, We are striving to get 2,000 five-star ratings. We need 225. Be completely transparent. And here's a selection of a, two or three of our latest five-star reviews. Carlos J. Aponte says, Awesome podcast. I'd like to mention a few words. Vincent Van Moviegoer, and you know that's his real name. Vincent Van Moviegoer says, The Jim Ross Report is my favorite podcast. JR's interviews or chats are solid. For example... JR's interview of Tessa Blanchard was one of the best I have ever heard. JR is down-to-earth, humorous, selfless, and his show format is creative and outstanding. And they are mild. He knows more about wrestling than just about anyone I've ever heard. Thanks, JR. Well, thank you, Vincent Van Moviegoer. Momo121386 says, Oh me, oh my. What a lucky guy. No, he didn't say that. He did say, oh, me, oh, my. The voice of wrestling. That's good enough for me, buddy. Money nights really aren't the same. Your podcast is the best ever. Well, we're trying. We're trying, Momo. Doing our best, buddy. As my grandpa would say, trying, that's all a steer can do is try. A lot of fun today, folks. Uh, Remember, a new show escapes every Wednesday from the mighty Westwood one. And uh, we appreciate you uh, subscribing. As I said, it's free. It's worth every damn dime you pay for it, too. I can tell you that right now. You're not going to get this anywhere else. I promise you. Uh, a couple of things to remember as we sign off. Uh, the 72-hour flash sale at Pro Wrestling Tees uh, starts on Friday at noon central. And uh, go to their, uh, go to their uh, Twitter handle. All the information on their sales in their Twitter bio. So it's uh, Pro Wrestling Tees, uh, dot com. Slash Jim Ross is my URL. So uh, all these shirts and different designs, size up to 5X, ship anywhere in the world. So check it out. A lot of the wrestlers are, you know, for a lot of guys, this is a really important part of their income, uh, their merchandise sales. So, uh, you know, we, we help them. We, you help us. So it's, it's very cool. So uh, keep that in mind. Starts on Friday. Ryan Barkin's team doing a great job as always. Uh don't forget Saturday afternoon. That's this Saturday afternoon. Uh, I'll be in Milwaukee all bundled up to go to the, uh, Milwaukee Admirals hockey game with Gail Kim, Jeff Jarrett and Al Snow. That's a 1215 autograph signing and a one o'clock puck drop. So that should be fun this weekend in Milwaukee. Hope you'll show up and see us. Uh, so, uh, good times, fun weekend. You know, still a lot of, a lot of things going on. I, uh, I missed. I didn't go to Monday Night Raw, and some people are wondering why I didn't go to Raw. Is boycott, or are you angry? I'm not angry at anybody. There's no boycott. I had oral surgery last Friday, uh, and I had uh, a procedure done that cut off a, a small growth in the roof of my mouth, and uh, to, to get a biopsy of it, you know, just precautionary. So I didn't really feel like uh, you know I was on pain meds, bad headache. Didn't feel like it was my Time or good timing to to uh, rejoin the team in Oklahoma City didn't feel good, so uh, that's why that happened. so Don't read anything into that. I'm not mad at anybody. No, I don't think anybody's mad at me. If they are, they're not saying nothing. So uh, so much of that theory. Uh, but uh, I was glad they came to town. It's good for the city, and they had a good show. I did not I never did hear what the tennis was. So hopefully it was good for them. Uh, so again, Saturday afternoon in Milwaukee. That's going to be uh, uh, for the Milwaukee Admirals, tickets at Ticketmaster, uh, the great Gail Kim, Jeff Jarrett, Al Snow, Hall of Fame people, and me. I uh, hope you'll come out and join us. Should be a lot of fun. Remember to try to start your day doing something nice for others. I can tell you uh, changes in my life have, have motivated me to be more aware of those around me and not just be all about Jr. Because uh, that's easy to happen in our, in our crazy lives. That's, we're kind of geared to that in our, in our day-to-day. I'm trying to break that mold and get out of that deal and make sure I'm doing nice things for people where I can and when I can. And so that's important to me to do that and to remind you that you should be doing it as well. It's amazing how much better you feel when you know that you unsolicitedly went out and did something nice for somebody. It really, really, it's really true. And as I always say, folks, remember, our tomorrows are never guaranteed. So right now, I'm going to jump in that old Escalade. It's got almost 60,000 miles on it. See, 2011, 2000, it's uh, eight years old. Eight years old, 60,000 miles. I'm going to get back in it. I'm going to drive right back down to Norman and enjoy my week uh, in my home. And uh, there's a lot of big things on the horizon. I'll leave you with that. There's so many rumors out there, this is gonna happen, that's gonna happen. All I, I can tell you this, uh, I not kept it any secret, my contract with WWE is up at the end of March. What happens after that is not up to me entirely. It takes two to tango on any front you go to. So all I know is I'm not worried about any of it. I'm not worried about how to get my groceries in 2019. All is good, life is good. And I'm going to make my part of it really, really nice. And again, I keep the same mantra. I don't have room in my carry-on to pack and bring along the damn negatives. So it's going to be an amazing year. Huge things on the horizon. I got a feeling, I really believe that for all of us, that in no better time have we ever had in our lifetime to be a wrestling fan. So until next Wednesday, when another new show escapes, I'm good old J.R. Jim Ross saying, so long, everybody.
1: Podcast Network's ENC's Pot of Awesomeness. Your host, and Christian Talk Wrestling. Who is your favorite WCW cruiserweight and why is it Parca? <laughs> <laughs> I got a kick out of parka actually when he played the guitar with the chair and the whole deal. But yeah. honestly, my favorite was Ray Mysterio. Yeah, so I mean, we're probably both pretty biased there. ENC's Pot of Awesomeness. Download it free and easy wherever you get your podcasts. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.